0: Power Spike is brought to you by esportsbet.io. Remember to use our referral link below to get a 50% deposit bonus up to $200 on your very first deposit. There's plenty of predictions and wagers you can make through the end of the year. The League of Legends World Championship playoffs are just starting right now. If you want to get some crazy odds, well, maybe you put it down on Rogue at 7.7 as it stands right now. Take a little bit of a risk, maybe, but the payoff will be great. You can also predict in many other esports, including the International for Dota 2, the upcoming Counter-Strike Major, and all events through the end of the year. So now is the time to sign up.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Power Spike, where we are beating up bad opinions worse than that last video that you just saw. <laughs> Degon here <laughs> with Monty and Dom. Welcome to Episode 2 of Power Spike. Uh... That was great, by the way, Monty. Where did we get that?
0: <laughs> our our editor Adanian is just amazing, and he comes up with this shit and just uh, posts it to us. And I look at it and I'm like, "Wow, another banger!" It's it's so easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no way to stop it from being great. Uh, Dom, we finished week two. How you doing?
2: Oh, I'm doing great. You know, everything started to become right in the world. We had the the NA teams. You know, showing a little bit of of life, but exiting 3-15, and 15, the worst performance ever. You had, you know, EU looking more like how you would have predicted EU coming into the tournament. So, I mean, I think that it was, uh, I think it was perfect.
1: Yeah, I, I hope you all at home are ready
0: for the LCK LPL World Finals featuring special guest Rogue. Uh, I'm psyched about this. This is this is an excellent <laughs> playoff bracket, you know? They're, they're, there's just no shitters. We, we're yeah. going to get good matchups and everything. Even the kind of bad teams like DRX and EDG are playing each other. So th- that will actually probably be a good series when it wouldn't have been if they were against other opponents.
1: Well, how did we get here? Well, let's find out together with our Galaxy Brain Club of the Week. Boom. All right. All right, y'all. Week two in the books. Worlds uh, group stage now in the books. We said week one, we lauded how great the LCK and LPL teams playing to the standard that we expected. And honestly, uh, how disappointed we were in the LCS teams and gave the props that we needed to for the EU. But then uh, things here in week two uh, don't go quite as planned as many, many EU fans had thought. Uh, what are the big takeaways from week two, guys?
0: I'll start with you, Monty. I mean, look, uh, I think we all knew that a lot of the EU teams might struggle a bit more, especially as the, the meta settled and some of the Eastern team came on, teams came online. I think it's so great that we got to see Rogue going through because of their strong Week 1 performance. They were virtually guaranteed. The only team they really had to beat was Gam in order to almost guarantee that position, right? But I think it's good to have a team, um, obviously, from the West within the top eight. Uh, it's a it's a bit disappointing, obviously, with top esports. We'll get into the bug stuff uh, a bit later, but I think we should like shift the conversation a little bit into which teams lived up to our expectations. Because like I think we should review the teams and their progress so far, because we were dealing with the new meta, and I think the unique angle that we can chat about here is like which of those teams really. That we thought would do well, came out and did well, which perhaps are underperforming right now, because that the 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 standard that we set, I think, is is fascinating, especially as we go into predictions for the rest of the event. And obviously, like for me, Gen G was really underwhelming in the first week of competition. It was nice to see them like kind of slowly powering up over week two into a dominant tiebreaker win versus RNG. But we still have lots of questions because RNG was obviously, if you were looking at those player cams, holy pretty holy. fucking sick. Right? I don't know. I don't know. It, it didn't seem
2: like any of the casters were mentioning that no matter what. It seemed like they were just told like deliberately, like, do not. I swear to God, if there's anything you can't do on this broadcast, it's do not mention that these fucking players have COVID. And while they're just like coughing up a lung, Ming has his fucking head down during draft. There's a point where he just has his head down for like a minute straight. I don't know. I thought it was... Uh, it was a pretty uh it was pretty disingenuous the way that, that people framed the the matchup.
0: Right. Um yeah, and, and like we also don't know because Gen G had COVID earlier. Maybe they didn't get as much good practice prior to coming into that matchup. There are just so many uh mitigating factors. Now we got the you know, the announcement what is it, Yagao has COVID now and all uh, of EDG. All- Yeah, hopefully by the time uh, quarterfinals end, everyone will have COVID, so they can't get it again for a while, and then we've got some really, you know, banger semifinals and finals. Everybody's getting the plague is being passed around. Um, But yeah, I think if if we look at what's happened, like, for me, Royal has also been, like, a very pleasant surprise. We expected them to be a lot better in this meta, but I don't think we expected them to be this good. They're kind of like a tournament dark horse at this point in time, especially when they're healthy. Um... Uh, I, I think probably, obviously, we could talk about top disappointing, but they also were uh, League of Legends uh, out of the tournament um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> multiple ways. They were spaghetti coated out of the tournament. Uh, uh, JDG looks great. I, I I think like they're the team that, for the most part, is the most encouraging and probably the favorites right now. Uh, Dom One, we expected to look better. They have looked better. They played. You know, JDG and Dom One have been by far the most entertaining game so far at the tournament. It was our banger of the week last week. T1 also looks better. Um, I guess for me, the surprise is I thought EDG might do a little bit worse or at least be competitive with Fnatic, and that didn't turn out to be true at all. Uh, EDG was significantly better, and Fnatic kind of fell off after uh, a, a better start to their Worlds run. So yeah, I think uh, that, that's kind of taking a look at it. You have the overperformances and underperformances. I think JDG is the the leading candidate right now for world champion, probably followed by Gen G in their current form. But again, it's been really hard to get a read on Gen G overall. Definitely.
2: Uh when I'm when I'm looking at these teams, I think that uh the big ones that have had like a a big difference between what i predicted them to be and, and what they are like t1 i think is is playing a lot better i think that they've actually like got out of their own way the thing about t1 is they've just essentially had bad drafts like the whole year and not only did they have bad drafts they have bad drafts for the players on their team like they don't <laughs> understand who's on their team like for some reason they still thought that gumi Yushi was the carry and that zeus is like a weak side top laner and now it looks like they're actually being like wait hold on what happens if Gumayushi plays the weak side? Like we just give him Callista and then he ults <laughs> the Soraka out. So he enables Caria. Just save Caria. Like that's more important than, than you actually winning lane. And we have Zeus play like GP and Fiora and all these picks. <laughs> Which was for me like th- this was the, the big surprise because I didn't think that they were gonna play carry tops. It seemed like in LCK, they decided they just threw Zeus to the wolves. They were just like, You're playing tanks every game, you're playing Mordekaiser. Like even when he wasn't playing tanks, his carries were like NAR or like Mordekaiser, those types of champions, which is essentially what you do with like a weak side top leader. That would be Impact's role within a team. Those are the champions that he would play if he was in that um situation. So I think that that's a, a really good sign for T1 that they're starting to embrace the fact that Zeus is probably the best player on the team. I wouldn't I would I wouldn't even say probably. He is the best player on the team. Maybe you could argue Caria, but.
0: <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll take one step further. Though. I think he's the leading candidate for MVP of Worlds as it stands right now. Sure.
1: Ooh, him? All right, well, let's go there then. Who else would be uh, the other top candidates that would pop up? Like, I would say, wouldn't Yagao be one of them, I think, for 369 JDG? 369
2: would probably be one of them.
0: 369, right? 999s, nine, nine, we keep yelling that over and over again. So JDG I holding mean, up the, with two. I think the difference between, for me, with Zayas and 369 is Zayas is dominated in every single game he's played so far, whereas 369 had that Kennen game that was a uh, little little bit suspect. Well,
2: I mean, I think the Jax game from from Zeus was not the best. Like when I, when I was looking at his, his his Jax game versus Wonder, I mean, it doesn't look like he's as good in that matchup. I think it was Aatrox versus uh, it was Jax versus Aatrox as, for example, like Breathe, who seems to be picking that matchup all the time. So, I mean, I would say they both had, had a, a like a sketchy game, but at the end of the day, like the pop off performance from from three, six, nine, I think that was very good. It was it was more impressive to me than the GP pop off performance just because of like the game circumstance. Like the GP was scaling and the and the, but the, it never felt like like T1 was actually behind in that game. You know, like it was like oh they're scaling they're fine whatever. It felt like JDG like really needed to lean on three six nine in a lot of those team fights or they just fucking lose. Like it, it felt really dire um, because of how far ahead the Philios was in that Dom one uh, JDG game. So. I guess that's where I I would uh, throw a distinction. And then I think Zika is actually somebody I would throw into MVP conversations. Wow. I think he's just (laughs) been playing like, I mean, I think I don't think he's actually one of the best players at the tournament. But I just think in terms of like what he's been playing, I mean, he's been playing a bunch of Silas and Akali games where Silas and Akali
0: is good and he just pops off in every single one. So, yep. Well, he pops off in the team fights. He doesn't really pop off in lane like that's that's like the weakest part of his game. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it is historically has been a, like a weak part of his game this year in particular, where he, he often is recovering from deficits that he has in the laning phase. But yeah, I mean, on just like I think similarly to Yigal, when Zeka gets the right champions for Zeka, he's going to look good. And because nobody's banning those champions in the meta yet, uh, a lot of the mid laners are going to be able to get these these pretty you don't have to have a big mid lane champion pool at this world's like that's not necessary.
1: Any ruler believers here? As ruler has had himself
2: a pretty good tournament so far. I, I don't think he's had a good tournament for his standards. I think him and Viper have been like the two ads that I thought were like the best in the world by far. And I think Ruler's been like okay. I mean, he's had some. He had some good games in week two. He also had like bad games in week one, where like sure. for example, the first time they played CFO, where I'm like, Ruler, come on, you're on Caitlin. Like you're supposed to be just like taking over. Um. Where I just don't feel like he's been playing at that same level. Um, so, to me, I, I I wouldn't say that Ruler's been as impressive as I expected, or I, like, I just don't think he's been playing up to the level that he that he played at in in LCK.
1: Is there an AD carry that could get that? Who 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 is who is playing like at a high level at that role that we know has had the power shifted away from them
0: from playoffs? Mm. Anyone? I mean, I I think Ruler did have a strong week too um And especially over the course of the day, but I, I also know that RNG was super sick, and like those were the last matches of the day, right? And it, when it, when we're getting to like nine ten at night East Coast time for that tiebreaker, like as somebody who's had COVID, you feel like real shit at that time of day. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you feel like feel like real shit. So even though I think they were uh, great in those games, I. I think it's hard to th- believe that Gala and Ming were necessarily at their best in those later matches.
1: Uh, we will be talking about seven Eastern teams moving forward with Rogue as well, making it on through. Out of the Western teams, so I assume we're looking at EU here, but we could also throw out NA. Who here is uh, is, is, is a team that you thought might have been able to make it through and, and disappointed as uh, they fumbled the bag in week two? No, I mean the... for me it was
0: fanatic. Um because I there have been some very clear weaknesses with EDG, especially around the, you know, the tops top side of their map and and jungle with, with Flandre. So this is this is it I mean, we've seen just the level of dominance that Zayas has had put on display in that group. And uh as good as Viper and Scout and Mako are, I, I don't think JJ or Flandre has probably been the weakest top laner of any eastern team i would say at this tournament and then jj has been okay but not outstanding uh and i thought especially with the individual performance that we had seen from humanoid who was quite good overall yep. uh this worlds that we might actually be able to see a western team do well or perhaps even just play in a tiebreaker right uh with with edg but unfortunately i mean they did super bad in week number two I don't really even understand why they were drafting the things they were drafting against cloud nine like that was a super disappointing game to me because like I don't want to see Hillisang playing flanking Soraka Razork looks like he (laughs) doesn't have Jarvan mechanics like he was just he was just mechanically bad on the champion um you know not using like the the EQ flash to secure ganks and, and, and just like, I just don't understand what the purpose of the composition that they ran against cloud nine was. And by, you know, if they don't win that game, all of a sudden, a lot of the other games in the day start to matter a lot less or they're tilted or what have you. Uh, and I was encouraged by the fact that they went back to some of their strengths uh, versus T1 and EDG. But I think they should have at least been competitive uh, for that slot. And so that was disappointing to me. That was very, I think Fnatic's like strategy going in was super weird, super unlike Fnatic. And I don't know why you would do that against a team like Cloud9. When if you just play standard Fnatic style, I think you just win that game.
1: 35 seconds between the average time of their losses against T1 and EDG. It was 2907 and 2942. And both of those were kind of
0: uh, quite one stop.
2: I, mean, yeah, no, I mean I was
0: I was very nervous in the final game versus EDG when Hill was saying locked in Nautilus, because I know how that goes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it went. You know. <laughs> I have seen this one before. Um yeah, it, it, I don't know. Fnatic was very disappointing. I really, I really did expect more out of them, especially given their play-ins and the, the hot start that they got. Yeah, it was just against play-ins team, but considering they had no practice, right? We we knew they had COVID, they didn't even have their full roster. If anything, I think it was probably a mistake to put Hillisang back into this roster given his performance, because he was he was not good. And Rux actually looked very good. And whether it's a form issue or not. Rux was immediately comfortable, was immediately impactful, and was not running it down as much as Hillisang was.
2: Yeah, for for me, I I kind of always expect Fnatic to let me down. So at this point in the year, you know, I was, I mean, I was ready for it. You know, I felt the letdown coming and, you know, I I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where you you start thinking about when a team starts attacking you in draft, what are the responses going to be? And I couldn't come up with like, responses that i thought would be good for um for humanoid like if the zero is banned like what is he going to be able to carry the team on because that's really what what, what he needed to do a lot of the time i mean hillasong's having a bad tournament razork is is super coin flip and i mean just wonder has a, has a really tough job um you know in top lane in in general versus versus uh you know eastern tops i mean even if Flandre is the worst eastern top which i mean maybe i'll probably throw king in
0: in that in that conversation yes, for sure um the Flandre versus King and Banger is coming up in quarterfinals. Yeah. Though, Tom. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be fucking, it's going
2: to be something. They're going to be playing top lane, that's for sure. But um, anyways. <laughs> they'll be
0: existing there on tanks.
2: <laughs> yeah, they will. Well, I think that, well, I mean, maybe maybe we might even see them start playing carries because they might think the other guy is so fucking bad, they can get away with one of their carries. So
0: I look forward to happens. the Flandre at Fiora versus the King and Camille, the two banger champions. that I really want to see these guys play that they yeah. think they can play
2: <laughs> yeah they, they 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 for some reason think that that those are champions that are suited to their their skill sets but i will say oh uh, um like wonder like still i wouldn't say has a, a massive advantage over somebody like Flandre. so when i was looking at, at fanatic matchup i i really feel like week one was more of a surprise than like that being their standard level of play and honestly, from what I've seen with Fnatic, they might be better when they don't practice. Maybe like them not scrimming is actually the way that this team would, would, <laughs> would be better because throughout the year, every single time that they had time to prep, like you would just see them come out and it would just somehow always disappoint. So yeah, I mean, uh, for for me, I can't say that there was any like Western, I mean, maybe Cloud9 getting a win would have been, would've been <laughs> surprising. Like I don't uh, think that- the
0: real, the real disappointment was that my 018 parlay uh, at fifteen to one odds, was ruined by the first game. Of yeah, the by the first week. game. That was exactly <laughs> what I
1: was thinking about. I was like,
0: "Yeah, Claude on," but also Monty, you just. We just lost all the money. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it wasn't very much money because I put a small bet. Because It was like 15 to 1, right? I just did it for yeah. the lulls. Uh, but yeah. I was really angry that I couldn't perpetu- perpetuate. Because I thought it was going to last until Sunday when we got uh, 100 Thieves versus Flying Oysters. And that was going to be the, the critical game. But Fnatic just decided to play Razork on Jarvan and Sang on Soraka and not know how to play these champions immediately. <laughs>
2: All I gotta say is, on one of the shows, I predicted three three wins, fifteen losses for an A, and that came true. So that that should literally count as my Nostradamus take for this week on this show. <laughs> like, I should get extra credit.
1: <laughs> You've had lots of Nostradamus calls, especially from week one into week two. We will get to Nostradamus later on in the show, but this was Galaxy Brain Club, uh, where uh, you know we 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 dished out what we thought. Uh, the or where we dished out the results of what we had expected. It's a little disappointing there for the West, but it's what we thought. Uh, next up though, it's the fallout from the, uh, I guess from the results from groups. It's Monty's turn to go with a rant with tough to swallow.
0: All right, guys. All right. This is tough to swallow. I'm gonna introduce myself, D here. This is where I wade into the minefield because uh you guys uh you, you guys can chime in how you can about this this rant about LCS and where it's going. Obviously, guys, we had some really Interesting news this week, uh, the rumors of LCS moving to Wednesdays and Thursdays, where potentially they will lose their very important hosting uh, from LEC. Now, if you guys don't know, as somebody who pays very close attention to LCS and LEC viewership, uh, you, if you had an astute eye, may have noticed that this year, when LEC is ending while the LCS games are on, There is massive viewership on the LEC, including in PGL, the post-game lobby, which can have 60,000 viewers at some points in time. Meanwhile, a game, a literal game of League of Legends that is happening in LCS will have 25,000 viewers during that same time period. And so getting the AFK viewers and the European viewers who are actually still watching to host into LCS has been incredibly important for LCS viewership. I shudder to think about what LCS viewership would be if these hosts or raids, whatever you want to call them, were not occurring. So the question is, is there going to be more LEC? Are they moving to LEC days as well? Because that will be crucial to maintaining LCS viewership. Also, time zones. On a weekday, guys, it's going to have to suck for somebody. And if I had to guess, if you live on the West Coast of America, it's going to suck for you. Because they're going to start those games at 1 p.m. or noon, and you're going to be at work because they've got five hours to deal with. And the ideal time for America would probably be, I don't know, like 4 p.m. Pacific. So it runs from 7 to midnight uh, over on the East Coast, where the majority of the American population lives. But if you do that, no Europeans can watch. So pretty sure those people who live in California, who live in the Mountain Time Zone, Colorado, even some of you who might live like Dom in Texas, uh, you may not be able to watch the start of some of these games if you're still at work or school during those hours, because somebody's got to take the hit if it's on a weekday and you have to start earlier. Right now, it's quite easy for European fans to to watch in the evening. Now, Riot might have some data about, oh, the time zone is going to be better. But that only matters if you get those hosts. So is LEC going to start immediately before that? Are they expanding to more days of LEC? These are all questions that have to be answered. Now, on top of that, you may be thinking, well, I'd still watch it at those times. In fact, personally, I prefer these times. But I also like that Friday night league or Monday night league thing that they had that crushed viewership and nobody watched, even though it was the best games of the week. So I think I might be in the minority here. And if you're looking at the teams, well, got some bad news for you two guys. Papa Smithy just made an announcement that he's no longer going to be in charge of 100 Thieves as their GM because, as he says... There is a difference in the direction for 2023 versus when he signed up in 2019. So let's talk about what that might mean. I think we can have some pretty accurate speculations here because he spells it out. He says, you know, I signed up to have a strong, you know, League of Legends team that was contending for titles. Indeed, he did. He's been in the last three finals. He's won one of them. Uh, they had a very robust academy and even amateur system at 100 Thieves that he has been very proud of developing in terms of recruiting North American talent and running them through the 100 Thieves system, either into 100 Thieves or, indeed, into other teams uh, within the LCS. So all I can say is, if he says it's going to be different next year, is there going to be less talent development in North America? That doesn't sound like a great thing. Is 100 Thieves not going to be spending as much money in order to support a top-tier roster? Well, that doesn't sound like a good thing either. That's what I interpret these sentences to mean from Papa Smithy, and I guess we'll just see. But remember, Hundred Thieves, remember how you guys were like so, t- you said so publicly, oh yes, we love League of Legends, we're all in. And then when you won the title, all those people in your organization who had never said shit about uh, about League of Legends before suddenly were throwing a party on social media. Well, I guess we're just gonna see if your money where your mouth is, or are you just going all in on Valorant instead? We'll know soon enough, won't we? That'll be fun for me, as I remind you when I made those tweets about how you guys just ignored Lowell for years that you had the team and then suddenly decided you were interested. Are you still interested? I don't think so. Uh, as for other budget cuts, this is just the beginning, guys. I've told you this before, but NA doing badly at Worlds, those three and 15, that's just a going to be a smokescreen for getting rid of uh, imported talent and high-salary players. The new excuse from NA teams who cut their budgets before that result happened, by the way, they had to set up their budgets for next year to get their rosters together before they knew the results of Worlds. Well, a bunch of teams are going to be like, well, well, guys, we did bad at Worlds. So now it's time to pivot to North American talent and Mm -hmm. they're just going to get away with it sadly they're just going to get away with it the world's poor showings will continue for into the future as they try and develop talent something that the na teams as a whole have kind of been notoriously bad at outside of a few bright spots like team liquid cloud nine and hundred thieves uh and not only that but on the broadcast guys welcome to more budget cuts remember pastry time Well, he only made his announcement because he had finished at Worlds. Enjoy seeing more casters make their announcements as Worlds go on about not being on the broadcast next next year as LCS slashes their budget and changes the broadcast as well. Enjoy your fewer casters, weekdays, lower budget, and, uh, of course, literal who's playing in LCS next year. Won't that be fun? That's a lot to swallow right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got a cool counter logic gaming sweater that you could see right here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, for me, I, Monty, I think almost almost everything that that is on the horizon, like almost all of it. How budget fucks, uh, budget cuts affect. A, a wider range than just players getting picked up or who is playing on the stage. And so I appreciate that Monty and a lot of fans that were there at New York didn't understand that they're like, well, why didn't they just spend more money? Cause
0: then you could win and then you make more money. It's like, that's not,
2: that's not how it works. That's literally not how it works. homies." No, it's, uh, it's
0: not. I mean, and the, the, the fundamental problem with, with LCS, right. Is that there isn't a motivating factor for orgs to spend more money to move from 10th place to sixth place. Like that, that, you know, it's all the same. So they, they, you know, you either have a, you either like shoot for the moon to try and go to worlds, or you just go budget. Like those are the only two choices. Yeah, the 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 only team I
1: can see doing that is because they've had a shift in ownership. It's FlyQuest, which yes, traditionally true, hasn't actually. done that,
0: but it's a new ownership right. group, so maybe they do that. So obviously, guys, that rant, you know, was intended to be for for it was truthful, but also like. I, I played it up for entertainment. To Degon's point, who's gonna who's gonna, you know, prevent present some counterpoints. There are rumors, um, and what I've heard is that both FlyQuest and Golden Guardians will be increasing spending next year. Now, the difference is going to be it's not gonna be at the same level as all of these teams have been doing in the past, but they mm-hmm. will the 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 word is that they're gonna be spending more money. And there are certain players like Core JJ that might be picked up on good rosters by these teams in order to form a, a you know. To to encourage more players to come over and molding, te- you know, a new roster in in the core JJ image or other veteran players, so you'll see some of that for sure. But the spending as a whole is going to go down.
1: Yeah, well, there you have it. Uh, go ahead, Dom.
2: Well, I was just going to say, like, increase in spending for Golden Guardians is, like, what, you spend $5 <laughs> instead of zero? Like, uh, like, anyone could 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 spend more than Golden Guardians. So, like, I mean, to me, that means nothing. I, I feel like Golden Guardians is, like, one of the most, like, disgusting, like, leech orgs that's, like... I mean, if people want to talk well, about like... what's killing the LCS, like, Golden Guardians was, from the beginning, just a shit org that is there to leech off LCS, and Ugh. they just want to exist. Like, the thing, the things that they did in 2021 should have got them kicked out of the league. The fact that they went with like, they literally were getting collegiate players and put them on the team straight into LCS. They, and they just tanked the entire time abusing the fact that there's no relegation. I fucking hate that.
0: Look, man, man, I don't blame the teams because the the teams are actually hurting the most in the esports space right now. And I think it's illogical for the teams to spend a bunch of money when they don't see any kind of return. Right. That's the problem is that, again, there isn't a motivation to move from 10th place to sixth place because you don't make more money by being sixth place instead. So why would you spend that money? Riot has to fix the broken model revenue model for the teams. And they you can tell that they agree with this because they did it differently in Valorant. It's clearly I mean, not working. Like paying developers money to be part of franchise leagues when it is a marketing exercise where they make the money from the skins and then never tell you what that money is. Riot's doing it right now. They should pay the teams to be involved, which is what they're doing in Valorant. That's the way you can fix this. You you fix it, Riot. Take some of your skin money and just give it to the teams. Then maybe well, I mean, you'll have better teams. For, for me, when I look at, it, at a company like Golden Guardians, it's like,
2: what about like the other parts of just using the fact that you have a team in the lcs for branding and and creating your own content like where like where are their own like video pieces where where is like their their they have marketing people i don't like look i'm a fucking single crackhead existing in texas (laughs) how am i somehow like creating more content than your company that has content teams and marketing and and like all these people that know what the fuck they're doing i mean you make more money than
0: their company though so no, I, mean, I wasn't given the budget maybe. to do that. Like I really wasn't. I mean, maybe, but that's on them.
2: Like, they, they should be able to figure out something. I mean, they have the people that have degrees, right? They should be able to do something
0: for for themselves. And it just feels like Golden it's Guardians actually a is like... Joke, Dom, I bet you do actually make more money than their company.
2: I, mean, I hope not. I hope not. I'm not making that much money. Like, that would be really sad. Like, I, I really hope that's not
0: the case. I don't, I'm not sure how much Clorox is playing, paying Golden Guardians, but it, it might not be enough.
2: I mean, my point is just like, I, I don't see anything good coming from that, that that organization. It's just year after year disappointment. They just exist as like an eighth place team. The only time they ever had a good team, they immediately sold it off. Uh, they, they claim that they just don't have enough money. It's like, yeah, you're backed by the Golden State Warriors. So there's access to capital. Just whoever is the one that's convincing the person above you, like what to spend, like that person is, is just not able to sell it to the to the people that actually have the money. I mean, the money is definitely there within that ecosystem. So... I don't know. I I, I just, I really hope that, uh, that, that Riot does something about the, the teams and like just like the clear, like, I mean, if if the teams don't give a fuck, how, how are fans going to give a fuck? That, that's what I would, that's what I would ask. And it was, I agree. No one showed up. No one showed up
0: week one. No org showed up it was clg i mean i I agree with you dom i just think that the target needs to be different like the teams need to be motivated to perform and and the whole system needs to be redesigned in order for that to happen there's no the teams aren't gonna i mean some teams are gonna spend money in it and not achieve any results but a lot of the teams are just not gonna do that so you have to incentivize them as a reminder Outright bets on the League of Legends World Championship will be closing at the start of quarterfinals over on esportsbet.io. Now, this means it'll be your last chance to declare who you think will be the winner. And if you're particularly crazy, maybe you go ahead and you put a little flyer here onto Rogue at 250 to 1 odds. Yes, it's a long shot, but let's believe in the European miracle run together. Put five bucks on that one, and we can see if we can run at the distance. All right, guys, now back to Power Spike. All right, so we've gone down the long, long rabbit hole of
1: trying to solve the problems for Paparito again, because there was a lot there that was tough to swallow. Thank you very much, Monty, for those takes. Let's move on next with uh, a palate cleanser with the best match of last week. It is certified banger. All right. So let's dive into the best match of the week. I'm going to go first because I disagree with both of you guys.
2: <laughs> you already know which one I'm picking. Uh, uh, oh God. Yes. Give Claude me
1: the one. No, no, no. Actually. <laughs> No no no. Give me the bugs. Give me oh, 200 God. HP on a neck. That was fun. Jesus. Give me the revive of Levi. Guys, the MSG was popping chanting Levi's name, chanting all of uh, GAM's name. I, I had met the owner there. He's an a entrepreneur from LA. He helped broker the NRG deal. And so he was excited. It, how could you not be excited for GAM unless you were a top esports fan? But it was really cool to see them try something different. It worked out and then have an exciting ending like they did. So for me, it was uh, GAM esports against top esports in day seven. Uh, it was a lot of fun. All right. I had fun watching that one. It changed things up. But
0: uh, what, what do you guys think of that one before we get to the real certified banger? <laughs> it was very entertaining. I mean, it was extremely entertaining and it was extremely exciting. I thoroughly enjoyed watching that game. You love to see it. The weird picks, like apparently Gam just will play set regardless. And <laughs> 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 I love the Karthus. Like I, I thought it was really, really fun. I, I, I don't disagree with you, Degon, just because it was a huge upset. It was re- just the ending was so fucking wild. Like the Karthus deal. I love Karthus because he's just, he's such a fun champion to watch because the ult is just so awesome every time. <laughs> and it was hilarious. I mean, it was a hilarious game. Dom, uh, when you were climbing, I think it was last, last season.
1: When you were climbing, you're a Karthus user, a Karthus enjoyer. I've be- I yep. believe you played it in Twitch
2: Rivals before too. Uh, yep. So was this, was this not entertaining for you? It was entertaining, but at the same time like I actually didn't think that this was that amazing of a Karthus game. Like I thought that they had a decent amount of mobility, but I mean, it ended up working. So I I just feel like Karthus is a champion that is so usable that people just skip um uh, skip over because they don't want to meet the other conditions where you want to have like 80 mids so in this case they had set um you know, I mean there's there's multiple other things that are viable. If you have like a good Z angle, it could be a Z angle. Zed Karthus is really powerful because it essentially just means that it's like old Zed where every time he has R it's just a kill like it's essentially that same <laughs> that same thing where you just get to snowball uh a, a Zed for free so um I would love to see see more Karthus but you know to be honest Canyon I will feel play like it.
0: Canyon will play it I'm pretty sure I I hope so I mean Canyon's Canyon's like, Canyon played it Canyon played it the last time uh Dom yep, one and and the, uh, the Bible and the game. Uh, played each other so
2: Yep. And I think that it's actually really smart into Gen.G because I think that that's the advantage that Dom1 has over Gen.G is that their jungler is just a better a better carry player. So if they're able to like stabilize lanes and let Canyon do his thing like he could be a win condition there.
1: All right. Well, that was the my pick for it. Dom, what was your pick for Certified Banger this week?
2: I got a JDG versus Dom1 in the tiebreak, The yep. classic JDG game. That right that there is game. like
0: it,
2: that's like the thing that, that people will always say is, oh, well, I mean, if JDG has to come back all the time, that means that they are like they have like flaws, you know, obviously to be behind. But if you watch a team always team fight well and come back like 30 times in a row, it's very hard to still be <laughs> so, like, ah, oh, but it's not that good. Right. It's like it's like watching is... somebody play Lee Sin and just win like 30 games. Oh, but Leeson still isn't a good champion. It's just the enemies <laughs> suck. Like it's
0: very hard. Dom, this is so reminiscent of uh, SKT in 2015 when they were on their World Championship run, which was actually one of, if not the most dominant World Championship run that we've had in history. And they would constantly be behind it at 20 to 30 minutes. And when I was there, the other casters would be like, oh my God, I can't believe they're behind. just like, just wait for it. Just wait for it. (laughs) It doesn't matter. They're just going to win this game. And uh, it makes people frustrated because the game doesn't go how they think it's going to go. Um, but if we're honest here, JDG was never that far behind Damwon Kia. What had happened was, it, I think people's perception of this game, because they saw Dokdam getting so fed in the bot lane, they kind of ignored the fact that the top side of the map was 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 in a very terrible state for Damwon Kia. <laughs> like, very terrible. And when you see, unfortunately, even though the Aphilios gets fed, they didn't have a significant amount of peel for Aphilios or a way to stop a Vi ult. And then, of course, like, uh, you know, the Yagao stealing the Maokai ult or the Aurelia ult and getting on top of Dokdam with those. And then 369 finding a flank. Or, or Leona flash- ult?
2: Huh? Or Leona ult for your Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, you know, it was actually very problematic, I think, Damwon's composition. And it, it, coupled with this, showmaker with this low damage LeBlanc build was not exactly helping as the members of JDG got tankier and tankier. Tankier. So doktom was the only source of sustained damage on this composition. And the longer the game goes on, they don't have a way to protect him to do that sustained damage. And if they and it was basically free for JDG to dump everything into doktom because when he's dead, they just they just win the fight through attrition. Um, and also, i I mean, also like Kaisa getting into the backline and assassinating him. Like Kaisa's still useful, even though Hope was really far behind because you can just sacrifice Hope to jet into the backline and try and kill the Ophelios. And if hope dies, like whatever, like we traded up in that in that scenario. So I think Dom Juan really needs to think about their compositions, because I think that was a huge issue here. And if they had had potentially a different midlaner, like they banned the Azir. It was certainly possible to play something that would have been higher damage, right? um Could have played the Victor here. And I think they probably would have had a, a somewhat better time because at least they would have had to pick whether to kill Victor or Aphilios for the most part. um And then Nuggery, too. Like, look, man, I love Nuggery's Aurelia, but that was really terrible. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> in- in- insider information coming from Ashley Kang. Not that in- much insider. She said Nuggery on stream would say Atrox is strong so i need to figure out what my counter is and i'm
0: going to play aurelia and here was here was his time he followed up he called his yeah. shot 1 at 8 and 2 <laughs> i mean he was getting dove and like yeah. the pressure was all going there cuz basically jdg just abandoned bot side because it was going so badly so they had to find an advantage somewhere else um but this was I don't think this was ever like JDG being super far behind, but it was really fun to watch this game. And it was really fun, especially to watch three, six, nine on the Aatrox just absolutely dominate these fights. But part of the blame has to go over to Dom one for, for having what ended up being a pretty bad composition come the late game. Final thoughts, Dom. Um, I mean, I just think in general,
2: this is like why I think JDG is such a, a hard team to play and why teams should be scared of, of JDG. I think that a lot of I mean this is a this is a point I made before, but um just, just to reiterate it, the thing that that I think makes a championship team, especially at a tournament that doesn't have double elimination, is the ability to like grind out a best of five. Because a lot of yep. these teams are going to end up being pretty similarly skilled once we get to like the later stages of the tournament. Um, and you're not going to be able to just like roll over them like 3-0. So in the games like where JDG is losing and even if they end up losing those games like even the first game first off on the fact that they always like they always play the team fights in a way that makes sense they have such good fundamentals um in that regard i think that that is something that's very hard for teams to like grind out um versus them so i mean if a team beats jdg you could assure you could say that like yeah they're just a, they're just better right now than jdg but jdg will never like lose the mental game um it feels like and i think that that's extremely important um
0: going forward they yep. also just so, see angles of engagement and timing like windows and macro play that no other team sees like I yeah. I don't even like I don't see them a lot of the time I'm like holy shit like I didn't even know they could engage right there in that situation from that distance away. Yeah, and they're all in like it's crazy.
2: Yeah, if you, uh, the, I really love seeing the way that they play around Drake because if you watch like a lot of their Drake fights, they'll spread super thin, like five man over the Drake wall, and then they'll just like all commit at the same time, like yeah, forward, like cool. onto like a like onto a, a singular target, which I think is really unique. I think a lot of other teams, like I mean, it it must be crazy to even get to the point where you're making those calls, like yeah, can we engage? Like yeah, I mean, we all have flashes over the wall, like we have comps that make sense. I think that that is another thing that here I think the vibe pick was actually really good because they have LeBlanc that. Struggles with being locked down, plus uh, an Aphilios, which struggles with being locked down. And they combo that with five champions that can dive, right? Yep. On their team, Nautilus can Nautilus ult into the back line. Yep. Yagao obviously can can do that with, with Silas, especially taking Maokai ult, whatever. Aatrox dive into the back line, no problem. And then Kaisa can just bypass the entire front line um, uh, herself and, and get into the back line uh, as yep. well with the ulti. So. I think that that JDG is just like a really like scary team. I mean, they, that's why they're my 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 pick to, to win the whole tournament, because I feel like the resilience is the resiliency of the team is really, really underrated. Yeah. Um and no team is playing perfect league right now. There's no team where you're looking at them and you're like, oh yeah, this team doesn't make any mistakes. So in that type of world championship where there's not like this massive front runner, the teams that can grind it out, I think, are always gonna be like the ones that I, I predict to win
0: or think I have the highest chance of winning. My favorite JDG moment that I think really exemplified their style this tournament was uh, in their first game against EG, where EG was actually like doing pretty well in the early game, and Cowrie's just in mid lane like trying to shoot a max range Varus arrow just to poke them, and then all yep. of a sudden he's just dead. And I was like, yeah, it was full it chase. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I was like, there it is. Like Cowrie didn't even know. He's never seen an engage like that in his entire existence. He's like, I'm safe here shooting this arrow at max range. I'm like, oh no, you're not. You're just yeah, five minutes dead. <laughs> There's yeah, the five yeah. people on you immediately. But like it, they're the they're the team that does that, right? It's it's them and and to a lesser degree, T1 will also pull maneuvers like that. Uh, but nobody's mm-hmm. better at it than JDG is for sure. Well,
1: friends. That's 75 minutes, if you count both games there, of certified banger action. Make sure to go back and watch it. You'll see all the things that we just talked about on display. All right, next up, we revisit the future teller to certify how great of a future teller he is. And then he'll go back and tell us more of the future in Nostradamus. All right, Dom, you made two major predictions in our segment. You also made a third one that Lulu was, like, important and was going to pop up. But that wasn't in this segment, so that one doesn't count. But still, you made two major predictions. One of them was about uh, Fnatic, and the other one was about Rogue. It was Azir's going to be permabanned from Humanoid, and that was a main win condition uh for fanatic and then on the opposite side uh Wamne has gotten maokai every single time and will never be able to touch champion again uh and i uh, i it wasn't me but there were some naysayers out there that didn't believe you that you know they've been watching lec since they came out the womb dom and so they said uh that you're an idiot and something along those lines can we can we pull that one up please and dom <laughs> you can go ahead and read that
0: my us. my favorite thing about dom is that he uh he goes into the youtube comments and, and like reddit comments and just mauls and i'm like i'm like dom like just just don't look at it you know you can't be cyber bullied if you just walk away from the <laughs> yeah. screen but then he cyber oh. bullies back and i am very entertained by it so I'm oh, looking forward me. to
2: this. <laughs> I, I love I
0: love stuff like this. It's, it's not only
2: just this comment, but it's not even like like the di- the fact that they disagree. I'm no problem with that. I mean, obviously, people are going to disagree. I'm going to have nostradamus predictions that are wrong, but just the the confidence displayed by by. The the opening line of, it's so fucking hilarious that Dom and Monty talk about EU teams having a hard time because they can't pick Azir or Maokai anymore. Out of the three losses of EU this world, two were against Yumi, who has 100% win rate so far and looks completely broken. And it's insane to talk about the early game from T1 against Fnatic and Fnatic only won because of it and then not talk about the level from ed the the level one i assume um from yeah. edg verse verse fanatic before which is german for before so uh clearly an EU <laughs> fan here. Uh, before worlds pretty much all of those analysts have downplayed eu so much most of them put Fnatic in last place and pretty much no one gave eu teams a shot of making it out of groups actually I, I did have rogue making it out of groups i had rogan top making it out of group uh group c so uh, just saying, like uh, th- that one ended up being true. And then after an impressive week one, they still get downplayed. And it was only early game and uh, early game luck and draft. Didn't say anything about luck. It was early game and draft, which are both physical uh, things that are very easy to change. They're they're very uh, practical <laughs> ways to to attack a game since both of those can be prepped for uh, behind the scenes. Like what the fuck are those guys talking about? <laughs> Yes, Azir is the mid laner uh, right now, but Knight still lost two games with him while Humanoid styled on Scout and Faker playing it. It's almost like Knight is not a good Azir. I mean, he's a fine Azir, but he's not as good as Humanoid is on the pick. But Knight is actually really good on things like Silas, things like Akali. So that's what you're hoping for in, in the Knight example. Look, all I'm saying is, I mean... If, if this didn't come true, like, what was it? One and nine for EU in in, in in week two, the only win came against GAM. They didn't get a tier two turret versus a major region. that shit's the reverse NA in week number two. The only difference is their week one was better than the NA week two. But my point is, like, I don't think that this was a, a ridiculous uh, prediction anyway. So, I mean, I just found the, the comment uh, pretty funny. That being said, Fnatic didn't win a game. Azir was banned every single time. G2 didn't look good. Malkai was banned from Odo, and Rogue looked like a completely different team once uh, Malkai was banned from them. So that, that's all I'm saying there. Now, on to the Nostradamus take for this week. All I right. think Canyon is going to gap Peanut. I think that Peanut Ooh, has a, a, bad, a bad read on this meta. I don't think that Peanut realizes who he is. He thinks that he's the Graves guy, <laughs> but he's not the <laughs> Graves guy. Like, He's just not that guy, pal. You know who's the <laughs> Graves guy? Canyon is the fucking Graves guy. Canyon is the Graves, Viego, Leeson, God. He is the carry jungler of this tournament. I think Canyon is going to destroy Peanut, and I think it's going to be up to the rest of Genji to, to, to carry them across the line. I think that, that Canyon is going to have an absolute banger. You know, the guy's going to put up like 60 points it's gonna be like jordan in the fucking playoffs with with the chicago bulls in the 80s it's gonna be crazy so uh yeah i mean he, he's gonna to have to, to 1v9 it. look i don't know if it's gonna be enough to to put them over the line but as long as as damon is not drafting maokai for canyon i think that he can he can really cook something up and, and, and challenge genji i think this series is gonna be a lot closer than people expect and i think it's gonna be because of canyon
0: uh, to be fair to Gen G, uh, in the second week of competition, yeah, we did see the graves from uh from Peanut, but he was also like back on uh, you know, Trundle and Vi, um, in the second week of competition. So maybe we'll maybe we'll see something different, more focus on potential like early game or uh junglers that are not carries that help uh, support the carries that are on Look, his roster.
2: He's gonna need to pick pick maokai himself peanut needs to pick maokai himself sit in the jungle and pray just i know that this guy has nightmares about that game five nidalee performance in spring in the semifinals he has nightmares about that look, that's a game where i mean look peanut ended yeah, you, up don't, winning that you don't game.
0: mentally come back from that one
2: no you do not want to be playing against canyon canyon is is in my opinion like the the goat jungler i think he's just um, yeah, I mean, he's been so good for so long at this point, and he's still so good on the carries. And it's his meta. I believe in my boy Canyon.
1: Uh, in two games for Peanut here in week two, six and o, and two and o. Pretty, you know, maybe not two and o. That's not necessarily the carry performance you want to graze, but still two and o. Uh, I mean, in Pena one game, it was eleven and o for uh, Canyon. Just one. It only took. Yeah. One, so there you have it. The, and that that six and o was against uh, Flying Oyster.
0: Uh, so. <laughs> You know, yeah, he did die once in four games, though. You know, he he didn't have yeah. a bad week. But I'm look, man, I'm all about this. I actually think the Dom one versus Gen G series is going to be a fucking banger. So people look. people who are thinking like, even if you think Gen G is was at their top form, right? They always played Dom one close in the regular season. In Absolutely. An ex- yeah. It, those games were really, really close. They 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 almost lost the best of three to Dom one the second time they played them in the round robin mm-hmm.
2: in summer dom hasn't been able to beat genji yet but all i'll say is there's a reason that dom picked sandbox or sorry uh genji picked yes. sandbox and not dom yes. in in lck there's I, a reason. i mean i
0: called that before it happened too i knew they were not going to pick dom like that was and, actually and, and, and dom one looked weaker
2: than sandbox like sandbox was was looking probably yes. at their peak <laughs> at, at that point like they were actually you know being psychopaths or getting ahead in, in most of their games so I don't think Genji likes play against Dom1. I think that they they still like all those players. You got to remember, even though Dom1 is not the same Dom1 that it was, all these players on Genji have been getting their ass beat by Domwon players for like years. Like they've been having nightmares about Canyon and Showmaker for years at this point. So look, I, I think this is going to be a banger best of five. I think Canyon's going to fucking pop off.
1: This was that was that game the trade Dragon for Nexus, uh, Sandbox Genji. No, um, that was the uh,
2: that was KT, I
1: believe. That's K- KT does that. KT oh, does That's the KT okay. special. <laughs> yeah, that was KT. <laughs> I I was going there for a close, but instead we'll, we'll we'll just close it like this. The the banger, or I guess the prediction of the week here by Nostradamus. It's going to be a canyon sized canyon gap between him and Jungle P- Canyon. There we go. All right, so we've got our predictions in. Let's go look back at last week at a moment that we wish could get redone with Remake. All right, so Remake, last week we had a a couple of moments that we... Hope that a lot of players we wouldn't want to see again this week. I think we've got a couple of leaning candidate, leading candidates. So Monty, let's start with you. What is a moment or time or thing that happened that you wish did not happen last <laughs> uh, is week? It,
0: uh, is it? I mean, I think we all know the answer to this one. Obviously, <laughs> it's the uh, Bob Mal- Malbornius bug that happened at the end of of Top versus Gam. Uh, I wish we could have remade that in the moment. I wish uh I wish there was there was something that could be done, but unfortunately you would have to remake that game and then replay all the other games after it. And for those people who are like, oh no, you just have to play the one game. No, because it affected the rest of the group once, you know, once the other two teams know that they are in a hundred percent into the next round of competition they may have been holding back certain strategies or champion picks that they didn't want to show until the quarterfinals. like we're just never going to know if drx's or rogue's decision making was altered uh by that loss so you'd have to replay everything uh and that's just not feasible especially because by the time it was discovered by the chinese fans or whatever it was a situation where some of those players might have already been on planes home the next day because Riot sends players out real fast after they get eliminated. Uh, mm. And also, no free hotels, like, baby. <laughs> and also, like, uh, you know, what happens? Uh, what happens with the venue? Do you have to like redo all of those matches on Monday when you maybe don't have the venue rented or people might not be available who are uh, crewing the event? It's just a nightmare. It's impossible to replay those games from a, yeah. a financial and logistical perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why they didn't replay the games that RNG uh, won because of the like
2: because of ping at MSI. They just didn't. Oh wait, never mind. They replayed those games. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I, the,
0: the difference is is that it didn't you know you don't have to play replay like the six all six games that happened yeah that exactly day. yeah i mean yeah, there's no, a i mean
2: look they, i knew they weren't gonna do anything i think it just shows like that the game is, is really i mean there's been so many bugs like this is not the only bug just the amount of bugs that have been happening there was the there was a the dive um that happened to top esports as well that they got fucked over i don't know if you guys saw the the uh bug versus drx in uh, the first time they met where. King uh, in through a boomerang and it like redirected in a direction that it should never redirect. And it actually just hit wayward and that made him like super diveable. So um, yeah, proc the hyper proc too. It was like really fucked up. So, so top esports is just out there getting fucked like by all types of bugs. But I mean, I think that that in, in the end, you know, a team like top, they underperformed. They shouldn't make it onto the next round. Like this just goes to show when you have a, an extremely like, uh, you know, fickle, beginning to your tournament like that you got six games to fucking decide everything you've got to just perform every fucking game you can't let riot fuck you don't let riot fuck you because they're gonna try don't let it happen
1: (laughs) yeah that was that was the the big big one i think for me same game it was wow okay gam they have control of the game weirdly enough they were going to elder and it's i think it's whoever was casting made the call it might have been freak i think it was levi missed the biggest smite of his career i had already the tweet typed out <laughs> i was ready to go and right before i hit send i like start to see the base defense i still hit send cuz i'm like i'm sure they're going to lose here and then they hold it with 200 hp they go run down and you know the rest is history so i guess the remake there is for levi to be like just hit that smite, dude. Just hit that smite, and then you don't have to go through that whole roller coaster of emotion that a lot of people uh, uh, will forget, but you will have for the rest of your life. But great job there by uh, Gam to close it on out. And great job, Riot Coding, for making sure they had the opportunity to do so with no uh, mob <laughs> popping there. Uh, that yeah. was our big remake of the week. And to close it out here, let's head on over to Keep or Kick. Dom, Monty, we have been talking about format for almost a year, maybe two years now. And we got ourselves a great bracket draw. Everything's fine.
0: Hold hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Uh, Look, it's not bad. The, The most important thing happened, which is that JDG is on the opposite side of the bracket as Gen G and Damwon. That was the most critical, I think, thing that had to happen because having more JDG versus Dom one games, given what we've seen so far would be extremely exciting. Um, the, unfortunately, like I would have preferred like Gen G versus EDG and DRX versus Dom one quarterfinals, but you know, we can take, we'll take, we'll take what we can get. I'm excited about T1 versus RNG MSI rematch too. That's fun.
1: There we go. Uh,
0: so we got ourselves a, a, a pleasant draw. It was a perfect, no, but
1: a pleasant draw. So, I thought it would be fun to play a game of keep or kick based off of what side of the bracket you would like to be on. Would you rather be on the top side? Would you keep the top side of the bracket or kick the top side of the bracket compared to the bottom side of the bracket?
0: So uh, Monty, let's start with you. Would you rather be top side bracket or bottom side bracket? Uh, I would keep the top side of the bracket and kick the bottom side of the bracket. Uh, Why is that? So, Uh, While we're going to probably get a very good series between DRX and EDG, it's because they're both not very good. In fact, you could make an argument that they are perhaps the two weakest teams in the entire bracket. Maybe if you're a rogue homer, you might might make that argument. They're at least (laughs) among the bottom three, let's put it that way. So the fact that they're playing each other... Means that we probably won't get a one sided stomp in that game, especially because they mirror each other's strengths we- weirdly, right? That nobody's gonna, like Kingin's not gonna exploit Flandre, Flandre's not gonna exploit Kingin. Uh, both junglers have been not incredible, and then you have a a kind of interesting mid lane matchup combined with like two powerhouse eighty carries. And both teams probably trying to play through the bot side. So it it could just be a a bloodbath in the bot lane. um, And then Viper and Def carrying, which will be fun. Also, it's Def versus his former team. So the narrative is fun. Uh... And even though Genji and Damwon Kia might be the best quarterfinal matchup, the rest of that side of the semi is probably going to be dog shit. Uh, It'll be either Genji or Damwon beating up on whoever beats DRX and EDG and a free walk into the finals. So even though JDG versus Rogue is likely to be very one-sided, T1 versus RNG should be close. And then the semifinal of JDG versus either T1 or RNG should be really cool, I think, in this meta.
2: So
0: I would take the top side. I'm I'm with
1: Monty
0: the, here yeah yeah that's what I was gonna say go ahead Dom
2: yeah I'm I'm with Monty here I mean I I think that there's a lot of uh just exciting matchups I mean T1 versus RNG I mean I'm, I'm really excited for for uh, Dom1 versus Genji as well I think that's gonna be a banger but interregional and the other thing is like T1 and RNG fan bases just fucking hate each other so like I, I just feel like it's just gonna be an absolute banger I mean I just really hope it's, that it's, like
0: it's, it's always awesome when two two fan bases you don't like duke it out with each other too it, it's so satisfying because either way you win by watching those fans lose.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that that's that's great. And then also you have like the MSI rematch. And then, you know, if 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 T1 ends up and, and here's the other thing, this is something Nelson pointed out to me. T1 has side selection here. So now yep. they can just win all the games on blue side because that's apparently why yep. RNG won MSI. So you got that as well.
0: <laughs> um, I just
2: really hope that RNG like that's is funny. able to like recover because apparently they're you know i mean they they just looked fucking terrible on the cams i mean they um, should be
0: over the worst of it by now and at least you know they don't play till what friday so they they you know they'll have a week basically to to get better yeah i'm more concerned about say like the the announcements about edg and jdg these days cuz they might be in the thick of it especially cuz jd we got the announcement that yagao has covid and he plays on thursday like the first game that might be bad
2: yeah i mean we'll see apparently his symptoms are not that bad from what they they said like he's he's not super sick like um like i mean edg is apparently also like really sick apparently their bot lane like is is just isolating they're not even able to scrim i feel like this is just such a like i don't know how this ended up happening where everyone's ending up getting like covid but i feel like maybe maybe they needed to have better uh um preventative measures in place i mean it is what it is but uh i just hope that like it doesn't affect the tournament too much you know Um, i
0: i I, I will defend it i will be the right i don't know what how you make this better. like it's just it's a bunch of people that are getting together from all over the world with a highly transmissible disease like i don't think riot can really do anything about it unfortunately and they did they
1: did like have a lot of preventative things it was i think it's just the food the amount of people that are there like you really didn't have opportunity i we had to test every day to as media like we had to test to do any interviews. So it, I, I think that was just unlucky and tough uh from from that end. But yeah, I- yeah, you're right. It is a lesser product because the guys are tough. And now we gotta always wonder will RNG be healthy enough? Will anyone that catches something yeah. uh be healthy enough as they move on to the most important matches of the year?
2: I just think that like RNG versus T one is super hype, obviously for the inter regional rivalry, whatever. And then um, on top of that, like JDG either playing against T1 or or RNG. I mean, I think JDG is massive favorites versus rogue. I think they have like, it should be like the easiest prediction for everyone out of the entire bracket. Um, I think JDG versus either of those teams will be huge. Whereas like on the bottom side, I think that there's not a semifinal matchup that I could be even close that hype for. Like, let's say it's Dom one versus EDG or Gen G versus, versus EDG or Gen G versus DRX or Dom one versus DRX. Like any of those, they just don't feel the same to me. So um yeah, I think top side is actually really high.
1: Uh, From a historic standpoint, though, I- I've got no believers in the path littered by world champions on the bottom side of the bracket. <laughs> Literally, you got EDG, Genji with Ruler, and it's still, like, holding them up. Damwon has three of the same guys returning. Barrel is now over on the opposite side with DRX. Mm-hmm. Like, this seems like... This seems like really a, a great narrative. If EDG is the team to make it through, it seems like all right. Slater world champions in the LCK. This is the way that we're gonna have to defend our title. I think that at least sets up for a fun narrative for whoever ends up there. But yeah, you're right. Like, if we're going straight on quality of matches, especially for the semifinals, the top side is gonna be better. Give me JDG versus whoever.
0: So I guess like the the best thing that could happen in the bottom side of the bracket would weirdly be DRX versus Dom Juan Kia because DRX is actually been a bad matchup for Dom Juan uh this year and for whatever reason Pioshik always just pounds Canyon into the pavement whenever they play him which I, I know <laughs> sounds weird but that's just what happens for whatever reason. Uh, yeah Pioshik is just <laughs> randomly good. <to laughs> exactly he's just he's the kryptonite for Canyon. Like I he he really like I don't know. Canyon Canyon really plays badly against Pioshik for whatever reason. Uh so at least that matchup might be close uh purely just because of team stylistic re- reasons. All right. Well, there you have it. That is our
1: cake—a uh, keep or kick of the week, and our cake, yo. our cake of the week. no uh, that concludes this first or this second week of uh, of worlds. We we've knocked it on out. As much as Dom loves to scour and find a terrible, terrible take, as I looked through the comments there was overwhelmingly positive response towards what we did this week. So I just wanted to say, thank you so much for watching and being involved and diving on in so immediately to the comment section and hitting all the subs that we had. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun uh, guys. Uh, where will
0: everyone find you for this next week? Uh, let's start with you, Monty. Uh, just hanging out with Wolf and Dola on my couch, watching the games. Uh, it's pretty fun where I'm, I'm upgrading the tech again this week. So that should be entertaining. Uh but yeah, we're just we're just chilling, just boom boomers on a couch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Boomers on a couch. It sounds like a really like awful dish porno, but okay. Well Uh, we have a
0: casting couch. We have a casting couch and we watch people get fucked on it. So I don't you know, it's it's all there, it all lines
2: up. (laughs) It all it all lines up. Yeah, for me, I mean I'm I'm obviously doing this show uh and then I'm also doing uh Pick'em. And then a show called World's Talk on my uh, my my personal channel as well as the Jungle, so I'll be on all those. And then my well, I'll stream be on the Jungle, in fact.
0: So you should watch that yeah. too. And yeah. it will be different than this show, so don't worry about that. Yeah.
2: Yep. Oh, all that's right. it.
1: And then you can catch any of the interviews that I pick up throughout the week on Gone Esports, y'all. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll catch y'all next week for another episode of Power Spike.